0: problem with Bitcoin has been that it's not easy to get, and the current uh, ways of getting it are not consumer friendly. So let's say that we did an integration with Walmart, which has many point of-sale devices. They can issue our vouchers after taking cash from their customers directly at the point of sale in the same way that they can print other vouchers from other companies. And this is a very powerful way to scale as Teco because it means we don't have to deliver any devices. We can be integrated with an unlimited number of outlets, wherever those outlets are anywhere in the world. We don't have to, for example, uh, deliver a huge ATM machine and put it in a corner somewhere and have it secured, have it regularly emptied of cash. All the cash handling uh, problems are bundled in with the other cash handling problems that the retailer already has to experience. And so there's no, uh, friction to becoming an Azteco vendor when you use our API. And that's one of the reasons why we wrote it. But if you think more deeply about Bitcoin, that it's not actually money, it's just a database. That frees you to create new business models, and new um, software methods that have nothing to do with the handling of money. And that's what Azteco does.
1: Meeting is being recorded. All right, this meeting is being recorded, and here I am uh, with uh, a very special person today. This is long overdue uh, from an amazing company uh, that I've had the pleasure of working with for a while now. Okay, this is Mr. Akin Fernandez from Azteco. Okay, some people may know him uh, from his uh, online world, okay, uh, where he is beauty on. And I encourage you to read some of his wonderful writings um, here on Medium, some of his fantastic posts. Uh, But I'm with him today uh, because we are investing again in Azteco, because we believe that they are uh, an incredibly important company uh, that is spreading Bitcoin uh, to everyone, right? It is Bitcoin for everyone. It is inclusive. And um, we are going to chat today about his business, uh, what he's built. We have a, a good amount of questions here from our Lightning Ventures syndicate and and Akeen is um, absolutely the most hardcore person that I have ever met. He is so politically on the right side of Bitcoin, okay? Uh, you cannot mention nonsense like stable coins to him. You cannot mention kind of all of these ridiculous, he doesn't even like the term Bitcoin maximalism. He doesn't even like any of that stuff. It's all nonsense to him. He's doing very serious work, okay, spreading Bitcoin. And, uh, and we have a lot of fun going back and forth. Uh, I, I consider him a friend at this point. He was here in Miami. Some people were, were lucky enough to meet him in person. Uh, he kept a rather low profile, um, but I'm thrilled to dive in today with Azteco and hang with him. So, Akin, how are you?
0: I'm very well, Mike, and thank you for that uh, glowing introduction.
1: Uh, so we're ready to, uh, to have a chat. So let's start with, Azteco is, is not a new company. Uh, Azteco has been around for quite a while. Um, so why was it that you first decided to start Azteco? Um, what is the meaning behind the name Azteco? Uh, where did that come from? Um, and and how, what was the origin of this?
0: Well, the origin of the, the, the name Azteco came from the uh, launch of the dot Co um, TLD top- level domain. And back before I started writing the software for Azteco, I needed a, a domain to host everything under. and I had a couple of uh, these dot Co domains and I decided to use um, the AZTE. Co domain. and that's the the origin of it. And uh, it was quite fortuitous actually because most of the companies, in quote unquote, the space have Bit or Bitcoin or something to do with Bit in their name or that domain. And we don't have that. And that further differentiates us from other companies. So I'm quite happy that that uh, set of circumstances ended up giving us the name as Teco.
1: Okay, cool. So, what was the original idea? Why did you decide to start this company?
0: I decided to start this company because uh, I've been waiting for something like Bitcoin since the 1990s, and I, having been, in, having had an interest in um, the problem of fiat money uh, before many people had even known it was a problem. Uh, I I saw that this could be a a solution to this problem. Before that, I had uh, worked on a, an idea. To use charming e-cash as a way to re- replace the dollar but that was uh, a ve- that was before the consumer internet as we know it was a, a real thing and the charming e uh, wasn't up to the task and the company that made it to basically went out of business so when bitcoin uh, arrived i immediately saw that it was what I've been been waiting for, what I felt was uh, inevitable, but couldn't quite see the shape of. Having used BitTorrent, Nutella, Napster, and all these other tools to share files, it was in my mind uh, obvious that something like this that had clients that didn't rely on a central server and had a fixed money supply Circulating between these nodes, that it could simulate money successfully and that it wouldn't be stoppable either. And because anybody can download this client and then write software against its API, that means you could write basically any service you can imagine on top of it. So I started writing a against the API that uh, Bitcoin, uh, Bitcoin D actually uh, provides. And I had to get some Bitcoin to to start uh, doing experiments with. So uh, Amir Taki had a company called InterSango and I bought my first Bitcoin from him. Now to buy Bitcoin from InterSango, you had to send a bank transfer to him, uh, alert him that you've done it and send him the Bitcoin address that you want that Bitcoin to be sent to after the bank transfer cleared. Well, it all worked perfectly. And in three days, I got the Bitcoin for the 71 pounds that I sent to, to uh, Amiutaki. Now, waiting three days for somebody to write an entry in a database for you is completely insane. So I immediately it, it, I immediately realized that there has to be a better way of delivering Bitcoin to anybody who wants it. And because I have a background uh, that that touches the third world, I know that most of those people don't have uh, telephone accounts, they top up their telephones uh, ad hoc as as required. And so if I could put these two ideas together, then we could have a delivery system for Bitcoin that would work across the entire world, it would be instantaneous, and that you could go into a local corner shop or or something like that, pay over your your money and get a a voucher that you could redeem straight into your wallet. And that's the genesis of the uh, Azteco idea. And uh, it took four iterations to get to something that was uh, uh, good enough to show to the public. And that's when it really started. Uh, I hired a store in central London to show it off. And all the vouchers that we issued during this pop-up where we were testing the software, it all worked perfectly. And uh, it was obviously a goer. What had to catch up was the the public and the the public's understanding of what Bitcoin is, why it's so important, how useful it can be, and everything else. But uh, interestingly, during that uh, pop-up, which was in Goldstone Street in central London, blockchain.info was taken off of the Apple App Store. I can't remember the exact reason why they did that, but at the very time that we had launched to test this system, Apple decided to kill blockchain.info. And I couldn't therefore tell people who came into the store, get this blockchain.info app, take this voucher, redeem it, and you'll see in about 30 seconds, you'll get this Bitcoin on your account. So it caused us a a, a lot of trouble. And that was a, a foretaste of the sorts of things that are going to happen as people wake up to the things about Bitcoin that they don't like and try and stop it. But that's the, that's the origin story for Bitcoin in uh, short form. Well, it's enough for Bitcoin for, for Azteco in short form.
1: So a lot was said there. First off, I haven't heard Amir mere tacky in a tacky in a while. Boy, that's an old name too. Um, so what year was this when this uh, was starting? Is this the 2018 uh, when, when you first really kind of, when did Azteco incorporate, when did you do this uh, pop-up demo?
0: I did this pop-up demo, I think it was in 2013, if I remember correctly, uh, sometime around there. Uh, and that was after I, I did my first mention of Bitcoin in a, in a blog post, which was 2010. So it had taken me three years to get everything to uh, a state where I could uh, confidently pr- uh, put it in front of the public for testing. And uh, I, I was writing all the software myself uh, and there are many different architectural choices that have be made and other kinds of choices. So it's a very, very difficult task, uh, but I managed to pull it off. And uh, now that we have Paul Ferguson uh, on the team, he's uh, an ex-Google guy. And he's brought that Google level thinking and professionalism to the how the software works and so it's it's gone uh, beyond my wildest dreams in the back end it's absolutely superb so we have a platform that not only works very well but it's a google quality software and it will scale and it will serve all the people that we want to to serve which is uh, growing every day
1: okay so let's talk a little bit on About when you met uh, Mr. Paul Ferguson, uh, who is a little early in California right now, uh, uh, which is where he is. Where, what, when did you actually meet him, and when did he uh, leave Google to be an ex-Googler and uh, officially join the team?
0: It was about two years ago that I received an email from him uh, asking about uh, what we're doing, and he had apparently been looking at uh, different companies that he wanted to join. He is a hardcore Bitcoiner who has dug deep into all the aspects of it and decided he wanted to spend the next part of his career working exclusively on Bitcoin. And uh, he was looking for companies to uh, to possibly work for. And he came across us and he he sent me an email and then we had a couple of emails back and forth and then one thing led to another and he became a a, a co-founder and it was a you know one of the best uh things to, to happen to us because he really is absolutely superb and it is him who's responsible for the software that runs the orange terminal that you have there and uh you know i'll never forget the the testing that he was doing uh to make this orange terminal uh happen and uh you know it's not an easy thing it's 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 a tour de force like many aspects of uh, azteco tour de force of different software techniques that are you know very very tricky and so that's how that happened um i was quite surprised that somebody from a company like google uh, would come and join us at such an early stage in our development uh, the product back then was well the service was uh, kind of had rough edges but I think if you've got an imagination and you understand what Bitcoin is going to do for the world, uh, you would be able to see that a project like this is going to be has a potential being very, very important. And anybody who's uh, familiar with the early days of the internet and way that Lycos, Magellan, Hotbot and all of those other uh, search engines used to look, uh, they bear no relation to the modern search engines. But the analogy is the same. Uh, as Techo in its state now, um, is analogous to the early Lycos, Magellan, and all those other search engines. Uh, And in the future, it's going to be, and actually is, a super refined, super efficient
1: uh, service. Okay. So, um, both co-founders, both Akeen and Paul, are technical individuals. Uh, They are hardcore Bitcoiners. Akeen is from the old school uh the early days of bitcoin certainly earlier than i and i thought i was a pretty old school bitcoiner uh they are both talented software developers and they are both technical individuals which is uh something that um angel investors look for uh in founders by the way just a little uh tip on angel investing um, is there one co-founder or two are two co-founders better than one usually uh and if both co-founders our technical co-founders. That is technically the best that you can invest in as an angel investor. But that's not what we're talking about today. What we're talking about right now um, is uh, the current uh, state of where Azteco's at. Now, the pins on the map keep growing every day, okay? Um, so this is a global company. Um, and if you could just in a 30,000-foot in a overview and in, a, in, a, in two minutes, could you just give a, 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 an overview on exactly how Azteco works and what it is as a business for anyone who may not know?
0: Well, Azteco works in exactly the same way that a mobile top-up for mobile phones work globally. Most of the people on earth who use mobile phones don't have an account linked to their bank where they pay monthly, they pay in advance by buying airtime with vouchers, and these vouchers are available in from wooden shacks in the middle of nowhere to supermarkets all over the world, and that's how most people use mobile phones. So, this model superimposed on Bitcoin would mean that people who have wallet Satoshi, uh, Pine Wallet, and all these other wallets, Blue Blue Wallet. They could top up their mobile phones with an Azteco voucher and then get the equivalent of airtime in those wallets. And that would allow them to send Bitcoin to other users to pay for things online and do anything you can do with Bitcoin from your mobile phone. The problem with Bitcoin has been that it's not easy to get and the current uh, ways of getting it are not consumer friendly. They're actually anti-consumer and super difficult. So if we remove all the complexity from getting Bitcoin by issuing a simple piece of paper like that one there from an orange terminal of the kind that you have or any point of sale device that's in a supermarket till or anything like that, then we remove all the barriers to getting small amounts of Bitcoin. And that's the very, very super high level, Uh, view of how Azteco works. Now, in a country like, say, Brazil, where we've just uh, rolled out 200,000 outlets, most of the people there don't have phone accounts, they pay monthly. They're very used to topping up their phones. They're very used to vouchers and all sorts of other pay-as-you-go services. And so Azteco fits right in with that culture there's nothing for them to understand. There's no book for them to have to read. It's all very straightforward. And it become it will become obvious to them instantaneously that if they have one of these Bitcoin wallets on their phone, not only can they send money to any website or any person anywhere over the world, but they can also receive money. And when they understand they can receive Bitcoin, which in this use case is money, they will be able to... Uh, receive money without having to go to Rio, Western Union, or any other of these services. And also because Lightning has super low fees, all of the problems associated with the fees of Western Union and all these other services is eliminated. You don't have to go anywhere, you don't have to show any ID, you don't have to do anything like that. It's all just like WhatsApp, only instead of receiving a message or a picture, you receive a synthetic money that you can use in any context. This is an extremely powerful idea. It's a sea change in how people will do things worldwide. And the demographic that it is suited for, which is all of the unbanked people in third world countries, uh, people who don't want to spend uh, a lot of their money on fees and stuff like that. This service combined with Bitcoin is the absolutely perfect fit The problem that we've had is getting the distribution and also the barriers of understanding where people uh, tend to not understand what Bitcoin actually is. And that goes for not only uh, the so-called quote-unquote regulators, but ordinary people and business people who don't understand what Bitcoin is. you can excuse them for having not having this understanding because the there's been a lot of misinformation published about what bitcoin is and that's very problematic but as i see as you're, you're zooming into uh, uh south africa there are a lot of people in south africa for whom uh bitcoin delivered by azteco is going to be a very very uh, powerful uh tool
1: so Let's talk about the different integrations and what's happened so far. Right now, we have the, the regular terminal here, uh, which I love to, to show up and fire off some vouchers for demos. It's super fun. Uh, we can fire off one here too. Uh, the shopkeep, the individual merchant uh, the paper is not actually necessary right people always always ask or at least they've asked me many times why why is the is the receipt necessary I think the receipt is fun I think it's a great way as a gift people don't always instantly uh, redeem vouchers on the spot but really any sort of smart connected device um, can issue vouchers digitally right there on the spot and be, uh redeemed so we're going to talk about redeeming uh through the azteco site and uh redeeming uh through mobile and we're going to talk about um lightning and on chain which azteco offers both but let's first go into the big part of this business which is really the apis okay the api vendors so the shopkeep on the corner uh, in the middle of nowhere who might be selling uh, Bitcoin. Um, how exactly does the API business work? And why is that really uh, the big picture uh, for Azteco in the future?
0: So you just asked about the uh, API. The API allows businesses all over the world to integrate with Azteco and then output our vouchers through their point-of-sale device, the, the point-of-sale devices that they already have. So let's say that we did an integration with Walmart, which has many point of sale devices. They can issue our vouchers after taking cash from their customers directly at the point of sale in the same way that they can print other vouchers from other companies. And this is a very powerful way to scale as Teco because it means we don't have to deliver any devices. We can be integrated with an unlimited number of outlets, wherever those outlets are anywhere in the world. We don't have to, for example, uh, deliver a huge ATM machine and put it in a corner somewhere and have it secured, have it regularly emptied of cash. All the cash handling uh, problems are bundled in with the other cash handling problems that the retailer already has to experience. And so there's no uh, friction to becoming an Azteco vendor when you use our API. And that's one of the reasons why we wrote it. It's uh, super simple to, uh, in terms of programming, to use. There's not very many uh, endpoint calls to be made, and it works very, very well. And our biggest vendors now are all API vendors. And I think you're right about the way that the uh, the, the handheld terminal works. It is nice to have a piece of paper in your hand. It helps people understand. Um, the process of redeeming the voucher and everything else. But the API vendor can also output a piece of paper like this. And instead of saying Azteco on the top, it says Walmart. So in the end, the API vendor does, in fact, have the opportunity to output a piece of paper. Although some of our vendors are choosing to show a QR code directly on the the, uh, point of sale device that the store uses. So, the, the shopkeeper will have a screen where the QR code that encapsulates the LN URL is displayed, and then the person who is buying the, the, the voucher will scan directly from the point-of-sale device instead of having a piece of paper d- given to him uh, that prints it out from the, 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 the thermal printer. So, because we're dealing only with data. How an Azteco voucher is displayed or consumed is very, very flexible because it's just data. It's up to the imagination of our API users, how they integrate the API endpoints into their flows. One thing that is common to all of it though is that we make a percentage on every single voucher that's sold, whether it's printed out or whether it's a, a pure digital only play
1: okay so let's go ahead and let's let's address the atm comparison right that's the first thing um, that everyone goes to uh, when they hear about azteco is they think this directly competes with atms Um, that's a fair assumption uh, because it is rather similar you touched briefly on some of the benefits um, but in terms of comparing your business uh, with uh, disrupting or improving on the the legacy ATM business, uh, in your own words, do you want to can you talk about that a little bit?
0: well, the uh, the legacy ATM business uh, exists because uh, something physical has to be delivered when you're talking about cash. When you have a bank card and you want to do, withdraw cash from a machine, Obviously, you have to be physically in front of the machine and then you have to put your card in the pin code and everything else and then cash money comes out. Now, in the in the fiat world, that makes perfect sense. And the reason why ATMs uh, first came into being because the banks weren't 24 hours and by s- simply putting this interface at half outside and half inside of the bank, you can give customers uh, access to cash to do anything they want at any time of the day. Well, in a world where everything is digital, including the money, there's no reason to have a physical ATM. And the idea that Bitcoin is money is what has caused these Bitcoin ATMs to come into being. People think it's money. And so where do you go to get money? You go to an ATM. So let's take the word Bitcoin and put it in front of ATM, make a Bitcoin ATM, and then we can sell a lot of Bitcoin. And of course, that's a logical way of thinking about it. But if you think more deeply about Bitcoin, that it's not actually money, it's just a database, that frees you to create new business models and new um, software methods that have nothing to do with the handling of money. And that's what Asteco does. We've uh, understand that Bitcoin is not in fact money, it's just a database. And on that basis, we can remove every kind of thought process that has to do with the legacy banking world, ATMs and everything else, and produce a service that is true to Bitcoin's nature, where we're just moving data around on a network that doesn't have anything to do with anything physical. This, the pieces of paper that we output are vestigial. They are um, like the appendix. They're like something that uh, is there just to remind you that you've bought something. There's absolutely there's no requirement for this at all. We could des- we could devise a system where paper is absolutely removed. And in fact, one of our vendors called Zozo Day is uh, selling our vouchers out of India, and they don't do any printing of any kind at all. It's all totally online. So. That's the 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 sort of that's a big that's a picture of the changes that Bitcoin brings to the market. It, if you think about it correctly, it can change the way you handle money, think about money, deliver services, and everything else. If you're if you one you have one foot in the fiat world and one foot in the Bitcoin world, you get. Uh, ATMs as the the bastard child of this, uh, having two feet in, in one in each world. ATMs are not required to deliver Bitcoin. And what's, I think the worst aspect of them is that they reinforce the false idea that Bitcoin is a financial service and that the same rules that govern ATMs and the companies that run ATMs should also apply to people who are selling Bitcoin, which of course is not true. And Azteco's existence proves that by by us not having uh, this infrastructure that had to be manufactured, it's hugely expensive, has to be delivered everywhere. We we are able to roll out 500,000 outlets without having to manufacture uh, a single thing. It's all software all the way down. And we wouldn't have been able to get that many outlets and have the global reach that we've achieved if we were had a factory manufacturing ATMs. And so we're much more agile, much uh, without as much friction. We are frictionless in in our delivery of our service. And that's how we're able to spread very, very quickly. All we have to do is agree with the companies that are going to integrate with us. And then all of a sudden a switch is turned and then we have tens of thousands of more outlets. So imagine if we were were an ATM manufacturer and we wanted to uh, put our service into a company that had 1,700 outlets. That'd be 1,700 ATMs that we'd have to manufacture painstakingly. And then even if we were to do that, deliver them, find the money to to, to, to create these uh, ATMs in advance, when these machines are delivered, they are a maintenance nightmare. They're going to break down, they're going to be broad they're going to have all kinds of problems and with software there, whilst there are problems they're soluble from one place, because the uh, the server that runs these. Uh, networks is in one place in fact so it's very important to understand that this transformation of what money is into something that's purely digital actually means that the sensible people are throwing away everything to do with the old fiat system, every part of the thinking to do with it. And that's the only way we're going to reach the entire world with Bitcoin in a, in a rapid way, a frictionless way, and a way that's true to Bitcoin and beneficial to the market. And uh, so that's my, my thinking on ATMs. You know, It looks like a nice idea, it, uh, but in, in the end, It makes things worse, not better.
1: Not only that, but the Azteco fee model, which we're going to get into here in a second, is much more affordable for the end user than the uh, ATM. In fact, every single ATM experience I have ever had is at least an 8% commission, at least. And the price quoted to me one time I was with my friend right here in uh, sunny South Florida, and the price on the ATM was $9,000 higher than the true spot price from an exchange. Yeah. Okay, and because
0: they have control, because they have control of the back end, they can make money or, by misquoting the price of Bitcoin. And of course, there is no official quote, uh, price of Bitcoin, but they can. For all intents and purposes, misquoted. And on top of it, they can charge a higher percentage fee. Now, there's another aspect of this where if you own a store and you want to start selling Bitcoin, you've got to make a huge cash layout for the Bitcoin ATM. With Azteco, that's not true. With Azteco, you can use the equipment you already have and start selling Bitcoin immediately so that's the other aspect of this that makes Azteco vastly superior to any ATM it's less expensive for the user and for the owner of the shop it's less expensive to get started
1: yes it absolutely is and I've seen ATMs up to uh, up to actually um, 18 percent in in commissions that uh, were being charged on them and not only that the, the, the ATM experience usually requires that I pull out some sort of government ID, actually scan it in before everything's processed, and uh, we don't have to deal with any of those things uh, with Azteco vendors. So you heard it here first. Bitcoin is not money. It's actually a database. Um, I would love to spend an hour just talking about that alone. Um, Okay, so let's talk about the first big API vendors, the first couple of big rollouts before we go to the 200,000 and all the exciting things that are coming, right? What started? Now, I remember the first big news was Poundland, uh, which I had never heard of uh, being uh, American, but Poundland is basically the equivalent of the the U.S. dollar store uh, in the U.K., and um, they integrated with Azteco. Um, So... Those type of integrations, right? How does that work? Somebody goes up to the register and they say, I want an Azteco uh, uh, voucher. Now, is that the same type of deal that's next to uh, maybe a Red Lobster or Circle K or Target or whatever those stores are? Is that the same deal? Is that on the same system or is that built into their computer? How does that voucher come out when somebody somebody does uh, a big rollout?
0: The the rollouts that we've done uh, work in the following manner. We contract with a distributor, and then that distributor makes our vouchers available to the point-of-sale devices of all the companies where they have some kind of coverage. Now, uh, Poundland is an example of that, where we integrate with a company, and they have a relationship with Poundland for many different kinds of voucher products. And we're just one of those voucher products. So you can get your phone topped up or anything else. And that's how we, we, we did that. Now, Poundland went offline because uh, there's, as you know, a large amount of hysteria about this database called Bitcoin. And it's very problematic, but Poundland is uh amenable to being turned back on because the climate surrounding Bitcoin is changing very, very rapidly. So we have the opportunity to turn that back on, but there's some uh, business process details that we have to work out before we do that. But I'm going to uh, reveal something to you now, which is we're very excited about. There's a company in the UK called PayZone and this company has 28,000 outlets throughout the United Kingdom and we're about to integrate with them, so that you can go to any one of 28,000 pay zones, buy a 100-pound voucher, and then redeem it immediately. So this means that there will not be a single place in the United Kingdom where you cannot buy an Azteco voucher. This is a very, very, very significant uh, step for us, and it will, push us a long way forward to being the ubiquitous way that people buy Bitcoin. It's super, super, super exciting. Payzone is a household name here. It's absolutely everywhere. We have coverage from Land's End to John Groats. And so this is going to uh, accelerate the normalization of Bitcoin, which is another one of our aims. Bitcoin must be totally normalized. It must be as normal as drinking uh, tap water. Not that you should do that, but this is exactly what we need to do. We need to make Bitcoin totally normal in the same way that getting an Uber is normal now. If this doesn't happen, it will be an adversarial uh, relationship between Bitcoin users and everybody else in perpetuity. And we cannot live like that. We cannot do that. And Bitcoin's promise will not be fulfilled. And I think it's important to point out that one of the promises that Bitcoin makes to everybody is the elimination of payer fraud. Anybody who's used a credit card online and have had a phone call from their bank or card saying, were you in such such and such place buying uh, a bottle of vodka? So, you know, no, I'm in Jamaica right now. So this kind of thing happens all the time. And then you have to have the, the charges reversed, etc., etc. With Bitcoin, all of this goes away. Payer fraud is eliminated. And this means, too, that people from the so-called third world can shop on first world uh, websites for the first time without the possibility of payer fraud. Now, people in India have credit cards, millions and millions of them do, but apparently 60% of all credit card purchases that have come from India with if the cards being used in a, a US uh, e-commerce site. They get rejected simply because the user, the cards from India. That's completely insane. With Bitcoin, that goes away. The Bitcoin network doesn't care what country you're from, it just works. And so somebody in Bitcoin can spend $10 on on something from the United States and the payment is guaranteed to go through. Just for this alone, Bitcoin should be adopted by every single person who wants to spend money online for any reason, just for this alone, because it means that the huge amount of waste from fraudulent transactions is completely eliminated. So Bitcoin brings many things to the market. Some of them are hard to see, some of them easy to see. Uh, The easy ones to see are the extreme convenience of it. But across the board, Bitcoin is a good thing. And I think this is something we have to trumpet. We have to keep talking about it until the normies start to get it. And part of that means putting it in their hands in a way that they can Quickly and easily uh, get a hold of it and use it. And then they will get um, orange pilled, as they like to say.
1: Okay. So before we start talking about the alternative cases uh, that people can use as Teco vouchers, right, in different integrations with points and surveys and employer recognitions and all of those things that I think are really exciting, I definitely want to touch on those. Uh, let's talk real quick about something that is fairly new and that is this pay-in-person, this pay-in-person cash with Azteco, uh, I'm sorry, buy Azteco uh, with cash in person. Uh, It says beta here. Um, Can you you talk about how this works?
0: Sure, well, let's take the case of uh, Canada. You can go to any one of the 6,000 Canada Post offices with uh, 100 Canadian dollars and then you can get an Azteca voucher. Now the way it works is that you have to fill out that form that we were just on and then you get sent a barcode. You go with that barcode on your phone to a Canada Post office, they scan it and then you pay them the $100. And then as soon as you've paid, they tell us, and then we email you the voucher to the email address that you've given us. And then you scan the voucher and then you're done. It's super simple. It's super quick. And it's widely available in Canada, very widely available. So this is about to be turned on in the next 48 hours, I've been told. And when it turns on, that means that Canadians will be uh, in a country where Bitcoin is trivially easy to obtain. And I can't underestimate, I can't understate how uh, important and how fantastic this integration is because we remove all of the complexity, all of the mystique uh, around Bitcoin. It's all washed away forever. And what you're left with is the pristine Bitcoin experience where you get Bitcoin on its own terms and you can then do things with that Bitcoin just like it was uh, an SMS or a WhatsApp message or anything else. All, this is very important also, that the mystique and so-called Bitcoin culture must go away if we're going to bring billions of people into Bitcoin, most of whom don't care anything about any of the culture. They just want to get things done. And because Bitcoin allows them to get things done in a far more efficient and cost effective way, it's perfect for the consumer. So in order to get it to them, we have to go to them with a proposition that they can accept and not with anything that's nothing to do with, the actual proposition, which is, if you use Bitcoin, you'll be better off.
1: So, and that's a huge amount of uh, of pins in Canada. I mean, my gosh, that is that is a ton. I mean, that covers a big chunk of Canada. Wow. I don't want to hear any excuses from anyone that you can't get close to uh, an Azteco vendor because there's a ton of these. But it looks like these are all different now. One is a, a drugstore, and one is, you said, uh, there's some post offices. So so how does that work? Look, I Am Infinite, whatever that is, right? Maybe it's some kind of a store. So these are all, the, indiv- how, how does that work? They're not all the same store. It's not all uh, Walgreens. It's not all, uh, you know, shoppers drug.
0: Mart.
1: No, in, in the... Uh, uh, it, it,
0: in the UK and Canada, you can have a post office that's inside of a store. About 20 minutes from where I live, there's a small store that sells magazines, cakes, and all sorts sort of stuff. But there's a, a sectioned-off area that is actually a post office inside this person's store. And the shopkeeper, when you want to post something, basically puts on his postman hat, his post office hat, goes behind the counter, pretends to be a postman, takes your letter... And puts it in the in the mailbag and then after he's done that he takes his hat off and he's not the postman anymore and he comes out and it's, it's uh you know business as usual so i think in canada that's what you're seeing these uh, stores that look like just convenience stores are actually to serve two purposes they're post offices and stores as well so that's why you're getting those
1: so then somebody fills this out they put in their email address uh lightning or on chain they just they go to that store they pay and they redeem right there
0: Exactly so, right. They, they get a barcode sent to their email and that email is scanned at the post office and it says, okay, you have to pay $10. Here's your $10. And then when it's paid, the till in the post office will alert us that has been paid and then we issue the voucher.
1: So those redemption yeah. options, um, just real quick. Now, people can redeem an on-chain voucher on your site right by plugging in the uh, 16 digit uh, number and sending it to any wallet of their choice. Uh, and that fee Excellent. is included in the original purchase. Of That's exactly right.
0: Now all of these uh, out that you're seeing in canada they are all lightning uh it, they issued lightning vouchers through them actually that's not true because the uh the form allows you to choose one or the other but they are some of our integrations are lightning only and we believe that lightning is the future of consumer bitcoin because of the super low fees and the instantaneous uh, reception of the message that your entry has been written to the chain of blocks so and this We think Lightning is going to be the way things go and the layer one is going to be for other use cases, not consumer use cases of small amounts of money.
1: So let's, let's talk real quick about some of the other awesome use cases uh, that there are for Azteco. Um, this has been pretty exciting uh, to see these grow. So things like Buffle, um things like win walk these type of integrations uh this is anywhere where you would have points right anywhere in the world that you can you can earn points from you know shopping credit cards walking uh whatever you're doing to earn points and then you cash them out into uh say an employee Uh, or i'm sorry uh, an amazon gift card or one of these store cards okay which includes the employee recognition category which is a massively growing market of you know lucy did a great job at work and you know tom worked with lucy and tom gives lucy 50 gold stars within the company sort of recognition uh and then she saves up those stars and withdraws them for Uh, whatever normie gift card would be on the market right Uh, this is a big space that's growing in corporate america and there's all sorts of data about why this works right so as techo infiltrating these type of markets right where i can walk x amount of steps and i earn these points and eventually it's five dollars worth of of, uh, of a gift card to be able to withdraw them for an Azteco gift card, which is Bitcoin, which is not money, but merely a database. Um, can you talk about some of these other partnerships and how this has gone so far and kind of where you're at with this?
0: Sure, um, the, the one Windwalk, which is uh, the, the first we talked about, which is uh, actually there, it is there. That's a, a very interesting app. It uh, has a, over a million installs. And what it does it pays you, please don't ask me how it works, but it pays you for walking. You have this app. It has a pedometer in it, and the more you walk, you earn points inside Wind Walk. And when you reach a certain threshold, you can redeem the points you've accumulated by simply walking for gift cards. Now, if you can get an Amazon gift card just for walking or an Azteco voucher just for walking, which one are you going to choose? You're going to choose the Azteco voucher because you can spend that. Uh, synthetic money anywhere on the internet. So these sorts of integrations, because we don't think about Bitcoin in the wrong way, we think about Bitcoin in the correct way, allows us to make these integrations and for our imaginations to run wild and put Bitcoin into these contexts which other people would never even dream of uh, accessing. And this is similar, to uh, similar ideas in, in the Buffle, and um, can you, if you scroll up? Let me just go back again, scroll up. Buffle, and uh, just so many these days, and it's really hard to keep up with it all. So there was one, the Hurrah, that's it. It's Hurrah's the other one, and um, scroll up again. runs uh, the other one, and there's, there's another one where, there you go, there you go, that, that's it, that's perfect, leave it there, uh, Madai and uh, Buffle. Now these are two other uh, companies that have rewarding systems where the reward is normally a gift card for one of the companies that everybody's familiar with. But with Bitcoin through Azteco, they have essentially a universal gift card which can be spent anywhere that accepts Bitcoin. And that's another way of looking at it. It's a universal gift card, what Azteco is is offering to people and companies. And one of the very interesting integrations that we've just completed is with the company Tillo. This Tillo company is an API aggregator. So they expose the Tillo API to uh, hundreds of partners. Actually, it's a hundred plus partners. And on the other end is the Azteco API. So this Tilo aggregator gives these very large companies the ability to access the API through Tilo. And to our uh, great surprise and uh, pleasure, we found that Tilo is starting to do a lot of business. And we haven't even got close to half of the partners at Tillo integrating with Tilo's API that touches us. So this is another uh, uh, area, another integration where we're seeing large volumes starting to to develop because our gift card in this context is better than any other gift card on the market because it's universal, it's flexible, and it gives people the ability to do many more things than they can do with a simple uh, Netflix card or Steam or anything like that. So this is people are starting to wake up to how powerful this idea is. And when I say this idea, I mean the idea of Bitcoin, and it was essential to put Bitcoin into these contexts, into these various disparate contexts, so that they can relate to it from their own perspective. I think that's what missing from uh, a lot of other companies who are trying to get into uh, the Bitcoin game. Uh, if, you, if you have to look at it from other people's point of view, what is what would Bitcoin be useful for for a Telo company, uh, company? What would Bitcoin be useful for for Windwalk? And our sales executive, uh, Tom Doubles has been absolutely brilliant at recontextualizing the Azteco um, service for these different kinds of companies. And it's very important for us to get these different kinds of companies on board because we're showing that what people believe Bitcoin is, is actually not what it actually is. The first. People, the first crop of businessmen who have uh, tried to do something with Bitcoin have been the people who manufacture ATMs, the fintech people, uh, people in, involved in that sort of thing because they believe that Bitcoin is money. But because it's just a database, Tillo can think of, Bit, of Bitcoin as another kind of gift card database that they can integrate with. WinWalk can think of it as a, as a reward for doing walking. So when you understand that Bitcoin actually doesn't have a fixed nature, it just has a bunch of capabilities and you can superimpose any idea you want onto it, the amount of the number of business models you can apply to it all of a sudden explodes. And beneath all of it, you're going to have to have a company that has the ability to deliver the Bitcoin as required on demand. And that's what Azteco does. We facilitate all of these companies, whatever their business model is, and allow them to access the Bitcoin network and then deliver it to their their users.
1: Uh, Azteco is consumer Bitcoin. Azteco is for everyone. Okay, so uh, first things first, let's just fire off a voucher for fun. Um, this is, uh, the soon me terminal. This is the typical, uh, Azteco setup here. All right. I'm just going to hit issue voucher. Okay. keen comes into my store. He wants to top up his mobile phone, maybe, uh, save, uh, fees on remittances, uh, globally, or maybe he wants to, uh, give a present to his, uh, nephew who may be graduating or whatever the reason Or maybe I he
0: want can- to donate one single pound to charity. Let's do that. So I'm going to pass this pound to you through the screen to Moz, And there Is that as you right? can see me.
1: Okay. Uh, so we have the option to sell on chain or with lightning, right? Uh, let's choose lightning and let's issue a one. Well, I don't know the exchange rate on the pound. Let's, uh, let's, you know what? Let's give some, someone a, a reason to scan it. Let's do a $5 lightning voucher. Okay, this is a $5 lightning voucher. And that is, um, and you see the details there, which I don't know if you can see it, but actually I'll only print it out here. So I'm gonna hit complete sale. Someone just handed me $5 in my store. Uh, this like magic can either be scanned right here or printed. And just like that, we have a receipt. So with a, it is it is quite lovely, isn't it? Uh, so that's a thermal printer as well. Uh, so you, there is no sixteen digits here because this is a lightning voucher. So this must be scanned through uh, one of the many many integrations that Azteco has. So last I checked, there was at least eighteen uh, wallets that you could scan this with. Um, so I'm not going to scan it, but what do we see here? We see we have $4.75 worth of Bitcoin. And there was a 25 cent commission on this sale. Okay. And that is 5%. That is a 25 cent commission, which is then split between Azteco and the merchant. So that is that. So I'm going to hold that up. Whoever scans this darn thing. There you go. Um, there is $4.75 worth of Bitcoin for you. Um, okay, so that is a voucher and how it works. Now, I didn't have to print that. I could have done that on my phone. Um, and once you're onboarded as an Azteco merchant, uh, you can create sub-vendors, which is really how you make money. Now, if I was a ambitious young fellow, which I'm not because I'm, I'm, I'm old, uh, I would... <laughs> I would go out and I would, uh, I would sign up 10 to 20 people uh, that were also ambitious uh, people and we would have them selling th- from their phone to wherever, maybe at their stores. I might sign up a small chain, right? Of, uh, of maybe a dozen gas stations uh, or independent uh, shops. It would be one integration, okay? And that's gonna be 12 pins on Aztecos ever growing map Of retailers, okay? And that is really how you uh, multiply your income. Um, And we're very excited because Gary Leland uh, at BitBlock Boom is going to be uh, offering vouchers for sale there and uh, signing up people. He's he's taken uh, an interest in Azteco as a hobbyist, and we're going to see what happens there. Okay, so... Um, let's do a lightning round full of these questions. Okay. Uh, you know, this is like Barbara Walters back in the day. We're known for asking the tough questions here. Um, okay. Um, you know, these are unedited. Okay. I'm just, I'm reading what comes in. All right. Um, the first one is how does Azteco defend the fees charged for vouchers, uh, in the future? and what is their moat? Now, I didn't edit these, I'm just reading them to you as they come in. Uh, feel free yeah, to- how do, we, how,
0: do we defend, how do we defend the fees that we charge? Well, uh, first of all, this, is, this, this question can be taken in two ways. I'll take it in the philosophical way so that uh, I get to spout off. Uh, we are capitalists. We are an American company. There's nothing wrong with making a profit. Making a profit is a good thing. It's good for us. It's good for the users. It's good for everybody. And if and when we grow to have 20 million outlets all over the world, we might consider lowering the percentage that we charge because we want to maintain our pole position in the market. But that's a purely commercial Uh, It's a commercial survival decision and it's nothing to do with the ethics of making a profit. Making a profit is a good thing. And uh, if you're a libertarian, you will understand that laws that prevent people from charging whatever they want for the goods and services they uh, provide, those are illegitimate. So I reject questions like that as they're asked, as uh, illegitimate on its face. Uh, It's very important that the free market be allowed to uh, do its magic and fulfill everybody's needs. And anybody who calls themselves a Bitcoiner and who thinks that there should be price controls, that people are, are charging, quote unquote, too much for a service, they're not real Bitcoiners and they're not going to like the world that Bitcoin is going to midwife into existence. There's not going to be anybody there to control prices for you in that future, which is just around the corner. So you had better go and read some Murray Rothbard to understand what Bitcoin is really going to do. It's a very serious subject. And like you were saying before, Mike, you had actually used a Bitcoin ATM and the the charges were enormous. Well, look what's happened. The free market has uh, engineered a solution to this problem in the form of Azteco, which is cheaper than a Bitcoin ATM. So if you don't want to pay high charges, you now have a choice. You can go to one of the 6,000 outlets in Canada, if you're in Canada, and use Azteco rather than a Bitcoin ATM, or you can go to one of the 200,000 outlets we have in Brazil opening up soon and use one of those instead of an ATM. That's how the market works. And then the market actors have to respond by changing their models so that they can become competitive. And guess what? The consumer is the winner. Because as businesses fight for the consumer by lowering their prices, the consumer gets a better product at a lower price. That's the way it works. That's the world that Bitcoin is going to make the default and it's going to be very good. Don't be frightened of it. You'll love it.
1: Okay, two hundred thousand outlets. I can't even imagine what two hundred thousand outlets. Uh, my my plebeian brain can't understand that. Okay, so here's a question. Um, since Azteco's seed round, um, there were some spikes and uh, some volatility in the Azteco volume. Uh, Now, uh, this is due to one vendor who had uh, come online and then went offline. Uh, And the question is, can you explain with the customer uh, or your vendor who paused? And we're very pleased to report that Azteco is on track to have their sixth best month ever. There's still a few days left in this month. uh, And their volume is definitely trending higher. But can you explain what exactly happened? Uh, with that drop in volume a few months ago.
0: Yes, now, th- our vendors are operating in uh, environments where sometimes they get asked to stop doing what they're doing. For example, Poundland uh, had, uh, we believe, one employee there that uh, didn't like the, the, the shape of what Azteco is doing mm-hmm. and caused that to be paused. So. That's the reason why you'll see a graph like that. There's many reasons why a vendor will stop selling for a while and then suddenly come back on. This particular vendor is one of our biggest vendors. He's done millions of dollars with us. And uh, he has recently expanded his uh, back-end infrastructure to take on what he believes is going to be a huge increase in the number of vouchers he's going to be uh issuing he has global reach with his network of, of retailers and it's not a, a linear straightforward thing that he's trying to do There's, there are road bumps there are interruptions and we can expect more of this this is why we're pushing as hard as we can to for one of a better word diversify the number of uh vendors that we have so that a spike like this will look much smaller over the, the, the whole graph. Tilo, once again, is another example. They've just started to do a, a, increasing amounts of volume that have, actually, that have actually surprised us. And so in the next coming months, you're going to see another spike this time with the volumes coming exclusively from, from, exclusively from Tilo, which will mean that we'll have two high performing vendors Uh, flattening out that curve and making the bumps less pronounced. So that's the story of that big um, burst. We were very excited during that burst because it looked like this vendor is going to do spectacular amounts of money and he actually did. But it had to stop because of the issues he had with uh, some of the outlets where he was uh, selling our vouchers. But he's come back on now. And so... Uh, we can expect, I'm sure, more of these sorts of outages. Recently, we've been trying to uh, enter the Nigerian markets, a notoriously tough market to enter. We had a couple of test runs down there that uh, showed that the demand there for our service is very strong. But once again, we have um, opposition from the state there, which is something we have to overcome. Now, the uh, El Salvador government has uh, put on a training program for the central bank staffers from 44 different uh, countries, and Nigeria is one of the countries that attended. Hopefully, out of that meeting, they've taken away a a better understanding of what Bitcoin is and how it can be helpful to the people in that very great country. And we'll be able to uh, to work there without the threat of having bank accounts closed down and everything else. Uh, In the model where we integrate with third party distributors, those third party distributors are subject to the the, the laws of the jurisdictions where they're operating. And so if they're seen to be distributing what they imagine is a Bitcoin voucher, then they are obviously very frightened that they'll have their bank accounts closed and their other businesses uh, disturbed. So, it's very understandable that people are nervous, people in business, that is, are nervous about integrating and selling um, Bitcoin products and products that have the name Bitcoin associated with them. But this is getting much better. It's much better than it was uh, five years ago. More people are beginning to understand that Bitcoin is innocuous and entirely beneficial. And so, we're going to see less and less of the spikes like that spike we've seen in
1: that uh, diagram. Right. Very good. All right, moving on. Uh, For Azteco, what unique regulatory risks exist in each key global market? Examples being limitations on voucher uh, minimums and maximums, limitations on redemption timeframes. um, And do you foresee Azteco having uh, to operationally differentiate uh, to mitigate these, if any, risks in each individual market. Uh, examples, Africa versus EU, Latin America uh, versus uh, North America, etc. cetera. Are there different sort of laws in each country and do you have to be nimble to, uh, to adapt to them?
0: Yes, there are different laws in different countries and we do have to be nimble. I think it's uh, helpful for us being distributed by other companies some of them very large, because their legal teams are able to, to uh, explain our context to the regulators so that we get the, uh, the, the, the sign off to be able to operate. This has just happened in Canada, by the way. So it's very important when we start talking about this to understand precisely what Bitcoin is and what Azteco is doing with Bitcoin. What we're doing is no different to an iTunes gift card, Amazon gift card, Steam, Netflix, you name it. And in that context, we are under the same regulations as all other gift cards. The fact that the word Bitcoin is associated with it doesn't have anything to do with the physical, actual process that we're engaged in. And I think a lot of Bitcoiners... Um, Well, first of all, they're too concerned about these legal matters because it's not really helpful to anybody. But when you understand what we're doing and what Bitcoin is, it's easy to understand that the financial transaction laws and all other business empty. Sorry, money transmitter license and all that kind of stuff doesn't apply to Bitcoin or to Azteco. So with that in mind and with the right legal advice and the right companies working with you, you can make the argument, and that's what we've done very successfully, otherwise we wouldn't be uh, so widely distributed. You can make the argument that we're just the same as a gift card, and that's true. And anybody who has in their mind the word semantics as I make this explanation, which is a real world explanation that helps us to remain in business, this is not a game. This is not Bitcoin Twitter. This is not uh, wordplay. I'm talking about the real world. I'm talking about the law as it is practiced in these different jurisdictions, and it's very important for us to follow the laws where we operate. That's why we won't operate in Nigeria if the if the climate there is too hostile for us and the uh, authorities there are dead set against Bitcoin. There are many other places where we could operate, but we follow the law wherever we operate. And we make sure that we are legal in all the jurisdictions where we are operating. And thankfully, because the world is changing and the people who run these countries are changing along with it because the geopolitical axis is uh, splitting in two and everything else. It's going to be easier and easier for us to make these arguments about the populations of these countries being given access to a kind of money that's not under the control of a uh, monopolar power. I think this is very important and there are a lot of intelligent people in these countries who understand this. And I think that uh, President Bukele is one of them who understands very clearly what Bitcoin actually represents to a sovereign nation and its people. And so given that access to Bitcoin for these people is very, very important. So if we're going to talk about these legal uh, aspects, we need to talk about it uh, from a a slightly different point of view, not that uh, we're doing something that we shouldn't be doing or how we're quote unquote, getting away with something. This is another uh, phrase uh, unintelligent people use. We're not getting away with anything. We are legally compliant and we obey the law. What we're doing is using our intelligence. We're using our intelligence. We're offering a product that's compelling, that anybody can understand the context of, and so we're allowed to operate. It really is as
1: simple as that. Okay, moving on. Um, hello, Mike. I've just started to get my feet wet with the syndicate. Congratulations, investing in Bitcoin companies. I uh, Could you please let us know how Azteco plans to manage their balance sheet? Are they on a Bitcoin standard? Uh, Do they save a percentage of their revenue or treasury uh, in Bitcoin? Um, I think that this is an important question that would be a great standard to have in all of your Q&As. That's actually a very good question. Um, Yeah,
0: that is a very very good question. Um, Let's think about this. Now, when I originally wrote uh, Azteco before uh, Paul joined us, uh, we were betting, I was betting, that the price of Bitcoin would continue to go up. And so we kept in the parlance of this uh, uh, this person, the treasury, all in Bitcoin. Now, as you know, on this stock-to-flow model, which is actually correct, in case anybody's uh, wondering, there are occasions where the price of bitcoin goes down and we've just suffered a big one just now so if we keep all of our uh working capital and everything else in bitcoin it will disrupt our ability to fulfill the vouchers and uh make good on the deposits that are given to us from our vendors so uh, what paul actually came up with is uh well before i say that we knew that we had to have a system of hedging some kind of system of hedging where we are protected from Bitcoin volatility. And I don't mean the big crashes like we just had. I mean, the, even the small uh, week by week uh, vituperations of the Bitcoin price on these exchanges. So we, looked, we, we went to a couple of companies that have complex software to mitigate this. And we decided in the end, after Paul had a very, very hard think, think about it, to write our own bespoke hedging uh, solution. And that hedging solution isolates us totally from uh, Bitcoin's price going down. So we have uh, managed to get through this recent uh, dip in the price untouched, unscathed totally because our proprietary system keeps us Absolutely isolated away from the Bitcoin price, whilst allowing us to fulfill all the vouchers on demand. It includes having a float, having the market surveillance, and everything else. It's all very, very complicated, but it works. So, in the our our method of into of having Bitcoin as uh, the, the means by which we. Uh, keep our money is by selling it. It's counterintuitive, but that's the way it is. We have to have a system that protects us from the ups and downs of Bitcoin while selling Bitcoin, growing as tech to a, uh, the size of Uber and the size of, of Yahoo and other sort of com- companies. And by doing that, increasing the, the value of the company at which at some point in the future, then we can uh, cash out into real money which is Bitcoin. So while we're running this business, a business requirement is that we protect ourselves against the the, the Bitcoin price with hedging, with a hedging tool. After we become huge, then we can have the luxury of keeping money in Bitcoin either for ourselves, our staff, or whatever in whatever way we want. But for now, we have to have this system so that we don't get wiped out and then there is no business. And that's the answer to that. Bitcoin is going to be the money of the world. Fiat is going to die. I am convinced of that. What nobody knows is the timeline when this event is going to happen. So between now and then, we have to survive. We have to use fiat on its terms. We have to use Bitcoin on its terms and use them together to spread Bitcoin to every corner of the world. That's going to help make this transformation to a Bitcoin-only world uh, come to pass, and, you know, we have to do what we have to do to get there, and that's what we're doing.
1: Okay, so in closing, um, what are you most excited about uh, for Azteco in the near future? Um, is, there, is there any particular partnerships, anything that you can um, let us know about that you might be the most excited about uh, integrations, etc., um, and uh, and we're going to do a call to action also on um, if you are in the position to be a vendor, there are plenty of opportunities on this United States map. This is not the main market for Azteco; it is outside the United States. Uh, When you think about 200,000 outlets in uh, uh, South Africa or or other countries, 30,000, or however many are coming online in Brazil here uh, shortly. If you uh, have a chain uh, of stores, or if you uh, want to onboard, uh, you can either contact uh, Azteco directly, depending on the size, uh, and if you want to maybe mention BitRamp for any aspiring people, I mean I can't believe that there's no vendors in Nevada, you know, or in Las Vegas, you know. Look at this Albuquerque's wide open. Austin, which I don't understand because I believe Pleb Lab has a terminal. Maybe they've chosen to kept their keep their pin off the map. I don't know how that works here. Atlanta, uh, right, tab conference, very big Bitcoin scene, no one there. Um, and uh if you're in sunny South Florida. Uh, and on Miami Beach, you might want to uh, pop into this taco place, or uh, or or uh, call this individual here, wherever he may be. Uh, you'll pro- my wife will probably answer- yeah, My wife will probably answer the phone wherever she is. Uh, where the heck is it? Uh, there it is. You can, if you're in Miami Beach, you can call this right here, Unconfiscatable LLC, uh, and see who answers the phone. So um, what you're excited about, and then what to do if you wanna sign up as a, as a merchant, if you have a string of retail stores or you wanna get going, what, what should people do?
0: Well, first of all, let's do the second one first. If you want to uh, become an Azteca vendor, you go onto our website, fill out the form, and our sales team will get in touch with you and we'll see if you can work with us. Uh, And as for what I'm excited about, I am excited about South America. I'm very, very excited about South America. We have a a large number of outlets that are in in the process of being switched on and the demographic there and the environment there is uh, for all intents and purposes, pro-Bitcoin. So with the demographic and the pro-Bitcoin, not hostile to Bitcoin uh, atmosphere in these places, we're set to make a very large number of sales of vouchers. Uh, Brazil alone has a, a ridiculous number. And what's also interesting about two of these integrations, one for Colombia, is that in Colombia, I think there's six banks where you can go in and by an Esteco voucher so that is quite astonishing and there's at least two banks in Brazil where you're going to be able to do it and these banks have branches all over the country so for the first time for many of these people they can get a voucher through an uh an intermediary through a uh, a retail out a retailer that is, is trusted because it's a bank and so they'll know that's nothing fishy or anything else and they're going to trust it and they're going to use it and once they use it once they're going to get hooked on it and then we're going to be selling them a lot of vouchers that's what i'm super excited about this south american set of uh integrations is one of the most powerful things we've ever done because it involves banks and huge numbers of outlets and also it must be mentioned is Canada. Canada is super interesting also because the system is very, very fast. The population is uh, prepped for Bitcoin. It's a super high educated uh, population there and the narrative is accepted. So we're gonna sell a lot of vouchers there. So those are the things that I'm really, really excited about.
1: Okay. And uh, if you are, uh... Lucky enough or fortunate enough to be going to uh, the upcoming Adopting Bitcoin conference later this year, uh, November 15th through 17th. This is their second annual Adopting Bitcoin. Uh, I went last year. It was an amazing conference, Um, very affordable as well uh it's surreal to be in el salvador and see bitcoin in the wild everywhere you go whether it's paying for your sheridan room or uh your meal or your pupusa or whatever you want to buy uh it is great you can have the opportunity to speak with this individual in person he will be there i'm very excited too because uh he doesn't uh he doesn't make many in-person appearances So uh, he'll be there speaking uh, and hopefully bringing the uh, the furthering further adopting the hyper Bitcoinization uh, in uh, the country that is kind of on the tip of the spear leading the charge in that. So um, I just want to say thank you uh, for all this stuff. If you want to learn more, it's azte.co and ltng.ventures is our group of uh, amazing, accomplished people who try and uh, support these charismatic uh, founders and brilliant teams and uh, amazing ideas. So thank you, Akeen, for uh, hanging out with me today.
0: It's a pleasure, Mike, always. And uh, thank you for all you do with Lightning Ventures.
1: First of many times we hang out, for sure, because I definitely want to unpack a lot more of uh, Bitcoin is not money, maybe at another time.
0: Anytime, anyplace.
1: All right. Cheers, mate. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.